Storehouse Dallas. I knew that God was my healer. I knew that he could heal other people. I had seen in some of my dad's services at our church, a paralytic walk. I had seen people with deaf, deafness be able to hear. I had seen people with blindness see. I had seen all these different miracles. And you can kind of see some of that around you, but it not actually be the truth that you can receive for yourself. And so I was the pastor's kid. My, my parents started pastoring when I was 11. I have um, four other siblings, so we're a very big family, but we're all serving in ministry together and, you know, having a great time, but I'm still kind of dealing with this thing on the side and we're just kind of not sure what's going on. So um, meanwhile, I am also struggling with my self-worth, the way I look, uh, my body, and I know some of us girls can deal with that anyway. So add on top of that the fact that I looked the way I did and I felt like my body was broken. I felt like I was damaged goods. And I really started to deal with self-hatred. I don't know if you've ever dealt with thoughts like, what's wrong with you? You're so ugly. You're so broken. You're, you're trash. Why, do you, why are you acting like that? You just... You just can't get it together. You're not as smart as her. You're not as pretty as, as her. You're not as good as them at this. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be lovable. You'll never get married and have kids. You'll never fulfill your destiny. All of those thoughts were constantly bombarding my life. And I remember at my darkest point, standing in front of a mirror, looking at myself in that mirror and saying, I hate you. I hate how you look. I hate who you are. And that deep-rooted self-hatred overtook my life. And my dad and, and uh, my mom's side of the family both struggle with fear. So I also had that playing on top of it where fear, this generational curse of fear, was just so deep in me. I didn't even recognize it. And a lot of us can have these thoughts, and they feel like us. They feel like so familiar to us that we receive them as ours. But it's really a demonic thing that has come against our life. And so through these years of dealing with these physical symptoms and not finding what out, whatever was causing them, I also was dealing with this emotional sickness. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I, I know a lot of you have been through this. If you've been emotionally sick in your, in your soul realm, a soul sickness, it's way worse than a physical sickness because with, at least with a physical sickness, it's your body and you can kind of see it and you can diagnose it usually, even though I never got that, and you can kind of treat the symptoms. But with soul sickness, it's so deep in you you feel like it's part of you and you don't know how to get it out. And that's where I found myself as well. And so the brokenness that I experienced in my body was mirrored by this brokenness in my heart. And it was a self-rejection. It was a feeling that I could never be good enough, that I would never be loved, uh, that my, my body was broken, but also that I was somehow broken, damaged goods. And I, when I talk about this, I have a lot of people come up to me usually and say, I feel that way and I was abused as a child. I didn't go through abuse. <laughs> I had an awesome family. But whatever door Satan can get into, he will. And so he took that and he tried to attack the very thing that I was called to do. 
And so through these several years, um, I actually met Jason, and he moved up to, to work in our ministry, and I was telling the pastors at dinner, he kind of like totally ignored me the first couple months he was working for our ministry, and I thought, okay, you're rude. <laughs> so, you know, all right, whatever. Texas people are rude or something. I don't know. And uh, he was like the only Texan I had ever met. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he was a bad representation. But what I actually found out later... <laughs> You're like, come on, dude. <laughs> so what I actually found out later was Texas people are awesome. And the most amazing place on earth is Texas, according to my husband. But he was, he was so nervous around me that he couldn't look at me because he would get so super nervous. And he says when he first saw me for the first time, he was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Meanwhile, not knowing that I was struggling so hard with feeling ugly and broken. And so it was kind of like God brought this person into my life who could speak what he wanted spoken over me. And it was awesome. So finally, after a couple, you know, months of this, he kind of broke down and he was just like, can I please talk to you outside of work? And I was like, okay, where did that come from? It was totally out of the blue. I did not expect it because he had never talked to me before ever and even looked at me. So, <laughs> so long story short, we were married a year later and <laughs> I found out what, a, what an awesome person he really is. And, um, you know, that God had kind of brought someone along for the fight, that the fight that I was going through, God had brought someone to partner with me and to speak life over me. And so, um, our first year of marriage was incredible as far as our relationship. We didn't have all that first year drama that people warned us about. Like, oh, your first year of marriage is going to be so bad. And we were like, no, it's not. We're not going to receive that. We're going to have the best year of marriage on the face of this earth. <laughs> so, yeah, you know what? All those prophecies people try to give you about, oh, first year of marriage is hell or terrible twos or teenage years are the worst or whatever it is, just reject those and say that's the opposite of what God ever intended. So we don't receive that. <laughs> so we had an amazing first year of marriage when it comes to our relationship and the things that God allowed us to experience that year, but it was the worst year ever in my body and in, in me. And so I ended up in the hospital several times with severe infections. I could not eat without pain. I could not digest food correctly. My organs were all out of place, I found out later. Um, and so our first year of marriage, I tried to not complain to him, but he obviously knew I was not feeling good. And there would be days when I would just have to lay on the couch or not be able to eat anything. And, you know, I went to a different doctor, I, you know, switched doctors because I was not happy with the ones that I had talked to before. And I finally, I found a Christian doctor and went to him and he showed me some x-rays and pictures that he had taken of my body. And he's like, okay, we have a lot going on here. He said, your spine is obviously straight. It needs to be curved. Um, but also, yeah. And, and so there's the before picture. You can kind of see my spine was straight. There is this mass in your abdomen, and we're not really sure what is going on there, but we need to look at that. Um, I can see your organs are all out of place and not where they should be. And no wonder you're in pain, <laughs> you know. He, he kind of, he was a Christian, spirit-filled Christian, so he said, I'm not going to say anything more at this point. I want you to take this x-ray home, and I want you to pray about it with your husband, because if we talk about you know, going to a surgeon and, and going the surgery route, this could be, this could be serious, 
you know, and I know you want to have kids. So he didn't really say any, anything more, and I was actually thankful for that because I feel like if I would have gotten the diagnosis or prognosis um, laid out for me and kind of what could be expected medically, it could have even promoted more fear in my life. So I'm actually thankful, and I think God almost protected me from finding out, you know, was it cancer? Was it, I don't know, all the different things that he, that he named that I don't even want to talk about. And it's like, okay, God, either your word is true and you're my healer or I'm going to have to do all this surgery stuff and I really don't want to do that. So I came home that day and I showed Jason those pictures and I said, honey, this is it. This is it. I've struggled with this for almost nine years and I'm done. I am so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm so done with this. And so we started praying and I kind of got alone with God that night and I, I prayed to Hannah's prayer and I said, God, I want to have kids. I want to be married. We're ready for children and I want to receive my healing. Show me, please, what is going on in my heart that I need to fix? Because I know that it's not broken on your end. It's broken on my end. So like my dad always says, you know, it's not that the power company's out of power. It's that there's a connection loose somewhere and we need to, we need to find out where that is and we need to flip the switch. And so I got in God's face and I was just like, God, here I am. I lay myself bare before you, Holy Spirit, tell me and show me what is going on in my life. And, and let me tell you, if you ask the Holy Spirit to show you, he'll tell you. <laughs> he started laying it all out for me and he, he just told me, you know, it breaks my heart, Amy, when you call yourself ugly, when you say that you're broken, when you say that you're not pretty enough, that you're not good enough, that all those thoughts. And I was like, well, I don't really say that, do I? And then I started to think of the patterns that I had in my, in my thought life. The thoughts I thought about myself when I looked in the mirror and saw my body. When I had to get dressed, I had to buy almost maternity tops. I had, you couldn't wear normal clothes that like most girls could wear in their 20s. And I, I hated all those things that I saw in the mirror. Not only that, but I felt deficient in all of the areas of my life. I felt this deficiency. And so the Lord showed me those things. And he also pointed out some unforgiveness I had had toward people and toward myself. I think the hardest person to forgive is yourself and your life, right? And so, you know, I, I just had all of this unforgiveness that I had to deal with and talk to some people in my life that, that needed me, but that, that's actually a picture of me at that time. Um, you can't see it in this picture, but my arms were so super skinny and my legs were so skinny. I looked malnourished except for, um, what I tried to hide, but this, you know, I looked like I was praying to this, this mass in my abdomen. And so, um, through that time where I asked the Holy Spirit to show me what was going on, he started to lay those things out and I started to repent and I started to get right, get some things right in my life. And I started to say, God, you know, I need you to heal my soul. You know, set me free from this self-hatred. Self-hatred was the name he gave me. And so I started speaking every day good thoughts about myself. I started to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I walk in victory in life. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. All those who rise up against me shall fall. I am the royal priesthood, the holy nation, a people after God's own heart, prepared for his glory. I am created to bring him praise. With long life, he satisfies me and he shows me his salvation. He calls me beautiful, fearful, wonderful. He calls me loved. He calls me worthy. And I, I just started speaking all of those things over my life every single day. 
until finally I started to get to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm cool. (laughs) I'm God. I'm God's girl. You know, I mean, ultimately when it comes down to it, I'm God's girl and that's what matters. So I got to this place, um, you know, in that first year of marriage where I was like, okay, I feel like I'm past some of this junk that I've allowed in my life. And the Lord really showed me it was the open door that had even brought this to begin with, was this deficiency in my soul realm. And so the fear came next, all right? So I had this this part kind of working on it. And then that fear, that fear that was that was a stronghold, not only in my life, but in my, my mom and dad's side of the family, it was this generational curse that had been passed down to me. My dad talks about how he dealt with panic attacks and fear and sickness when I was very young, around eight years old, before they started pastoring the church. And he overcame that. So when I started, you know, actually listening to his material... <laughs> And reading his books, I actually, you know, found a courage to face that fear head on and to start speaking against the spirit of fear. So I would get up in the night when I would battle with these panic attacks and fear, and I would be like, fear in Jesus' name, you were defeated on the cross 2,000 years ago. You have no right to speak to me. You have no right to touch me. You have no right to dwell in my room, in my body, in my mind, in my life. I command you to go in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every other name, and I command you to get your junk out of my soul realm and out of my life. And I break this generational curse right now in Jesus' name. And as I started to speak against the spirit of fear every single day, that thing left. That anxiety, there was always this little nagging worry voice back here. I didn't realize that was also fear. That stress is fear. The stress on my body caused by that spirit of fear was causing issues. And so the Bible says, and I think it's 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. You guys know it. And so the Lord showed me I, had, I needed to deal with the soul sickness first, and that would help me to receive the other in my physical body. So got that dealt with. All right, Lord, what's next? <laughs> you know, there were some people I had to call and talk to and forgive. So I let go of some of that. And I, I released them to the Lord and I released the words that they had spoken over me that were, there were terrible words. Some of the words that I dealt with were just replays of some things that people had said to me. So maybe you've been told things in your life that someone spoke over you and you need to break the power of those words off of your life. Renounce those words because they were a curse that, were, that was tried to place on your life. Break it off. You have that power to do that. Nobody can put something on you without you accepting it. And I had accepted it, and that was the problem. And so I started to break those things, some words like, you'll never be a good leader. You shouldn't, you shouldn't never lead anyone. Or, you know, you're, yeah, you're just a snob. You're just a stuck-up snob, and you don't really care about anybody. And just some, you know, really weird things that have been spoken over me that actually were going against the things I was called to do in my life and the compassion that God had given me for people. And so dealt with that, Lord. Okay. So now I heard that my dad was going to be preaching on healing for eight weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome, you know? So I would get the messages that he was preaching on the weekends and I would put them in my car and I would literally listen to them all day, every day. It's a series called Live Whole and it's on his website, garycassie.com. But it is incredible because he started every week with a testimony of healing from someone in our congregation. And this lady gets up the first week and she says, I had migraine headaches. And I had to get shots in my head, in my skull, every month 
for these migraine headaches. That's how bad it was. I couldn't go out of my house. Jesus radically healed me, and I've never had one since then. And it was the scripture, Romans 8, 11, that I stood on with this that says, the spirit of the Lord, the same spirit that brought Jesus out of the grave is now quickening your mortal bodies. You guys know what I'm talking about? All right, that, was, that became my scripture. I was like, what does that word quicken mean? I need to look that up. So I looked it up and it means basically to restore something to its original state, to bring life and power back into. And I thought, okay, I wasn't like this before. God didn't create me to be this way. I, I understand that now. He didn't, he didn't make trash. He doesn't make broken stuff. He doesn't intend that. And so I grabbed hold of that scripture and I said, Lord, I thank you that the same power that brought Jesus out of the grave is now restoring my strength, restoring my mortal body, bringing strength and life back into it so that I'm not broken anymore, so that I can walk free from pain, so that I can be restored to the way you've created me to be, God. And that became my scripture. So through those eight weeks, my dad taught this series and I grabbed hold of it like I was desperate for food. Have you ever been desperate for something? And you, you just, you cling to it. The word of God, I just clung to it. Meanwhile, God also challenged me to shut down TV, radio, anything else, social media, all that other stuff, all the other messages that tend to come into our life and speak fear. You know, you, you cannot watch one TV show without seeing one of those stupid commercials. Well, if you've had the chicken pox, then that virus is already in your body and you'll probably get shingles like one out of three adults do. And you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't, oh, I feel pain in my skin. Oh God. Oh, I had chicken pox when I was little. It, fear, right? Messages of fear are all around us and we don't even realize that they're penetrating from here to here until we face pressure. And guess what? The stuff that you store in your heart comes out when there's pressure applied. So you can be coasting along and life is fine, but if you're not feeding on the word and you're feeding on the fearful messages in the world, when pressure is applied and something comes against your life, then guess what? Something's gonna come out of your heart. And for me, it had been fear. I started to replace it with the word of God. So I had pulled out the roots in my soil, which is the heart. I pulled out those roots that shouldn't be there and I prepared the soil of my heart for the planting of the word. So then I started planting the word. Okay, these are keys. And I started planting the word and planting the word and planting the word for 30 days. It became my 30 day challenge. All right, 30 day challenge. I planted scriptures on healing. They're in the back of my book, 30 of, the, of these scriptures. And I spoke them morning, noon, and night. Every single time I had to look in the mirror and see my broken body. Every time I felt pain. Every time that I went to bed at night and I felt nauseous and sick. Uh, the, the couple times in our first year of marriage, I ended up in the hospital with infections. I'd pull out, you know, pull out these scriptures. But that 30 days became my war cry. I lifted up my soul to heaven and I started speaking and proclaiming these scriptures for 30 days. At the end of that 30 days, something strange happened. Jason comes home and I am running around the house like a wild woman laughing and praising and rejoicing. And I had to calm myself down and tell him that finally I got it. It was like the switch had been flipped. The connection had been made. 
And the joy of the Lord became so incredibly strong in my life because I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew, you could not convince me otherwise, that not only was Jesus the healer, but he was my healer. Not only was God able, but he was able to do it in me. Not only was the name of Jesus higher than all other names, but his name was higher than my sickness. His name was higher than my shame and my deficiencies. His name was greater. And I knew that I knew that day something was about to happen in my body because I got it. I got it. And and the Bible says this, it says, all by itself, when you plant the word in your heart, all by itself, it grows. Some people ask me, well, how do I get in faith? Like, can I just like, by force of my will, just make myself believe God, just force myself. You know, I believe, I believe, I believe, just say that all day long. I believe, I believe. You cannot force your heart to change. The word of God is the only thing that can change the human heart. The word of God is the only thing that can cause faith and trust in God to rise up. The word of God, all by itself, when you plant it in good soil that has been cleared of all that junk, the word of God starts to grow. And that's what happened over those 30 days until on that last day, it was like a tree. And I love, I love these trees up here. It was like the tree of life had grown up in my heart and had overshadowed all the other stuff. The tree had overshadowed the fear. The tree of life had overshadowed the sickness and pain I still felt in my body. It was like the tree of life in my heart had just blocked out all the other stuff. It just blocked it out. I couldn't even see the sickness anymore. I couldn't see the pain. I couldn't see the prognosis of the doctors. I couldn't see all that stuff anymore because suddenly there was this beautiful, luscious, verdant, green tree of life that had grown up in my heart just simply by planting and speaking the word out loud over my life for 30 days. Now, some of you have dealt with stuff that's been worse and longer than nine years like I dealt with. Some of you, it's been 25 years of sickness or pain. Some of you, it's been 40 years of sickness and pain. It might take a little longer for you to repaint the picture in your heart, but that's exactly what happened. So all of a sudden, I saw myself healed. When I looked in the mirror, I didn't see myself broken anymore. I saw a healed person. I saw what I would feel like and look like and, and see this beautiful fixed body even though I was still sick. And the Lord told me, he said, faith sees the, the after picture when you're still living in the before. Faith, all right, faith sees that after picture even when you're still living in the before. You guys just went through Hebrews, right? Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith becomes the evidence. All the evidence I needed was in that faith tree that had grown up in my heart. So faith saw the after picture of what I would feel like, what I would look like, what I would be like healed. And it grabbed hold of that picture and it wouldn't let go. And that's why I was jumping around the house that day laughing. <laughs> because I saw I was healed on the cross 2,000 years ago. This is not something I'm trying to become. This is who I am. Something else the Lord taught me, healed is who I am. It's part of my identity as a daughter of God. Healed is who I am. It's not something I'm trying to become. It's not something I'm even trying to receive. It is who I am. My identity as a daughter of God is healed, provided for. I shall not be in want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures, peaceful, joyful, faithful. All those things that it says the fruit of the spirit is, those are our identity as daughters and sons of God. So healed is not something you're trying to obtain. It's not something you're working for. It's not something you're trying to like build and muster up your will and faith to get. No, it's just like salvation. How, what did you do to get saved? Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Literally, Jesus gave us the gift of salvation in tandem with the gift of healing. It says by his stripes that he paid for with, you know, with his blood, we were healed. By his stripes, we were healed. So salvation was given to us on the same day that healing was given to us. And, and the church has no problem receiving salvation. We trust, you know, that, all right, God says if we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, we're going to heaven. And, you know, Jesus is our savior and something happens and transforms us. But the same power that brought Jesus out of the grave and gave us healing or gave us salvation also gave us healing. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. That's New Living Translation. I love that. That's what Jesus did on the day he died. And so I realized this is not something I'm trying to get. This is not something I'm trying to, you know, become. This is who I am. Healed is who I am. Provided for. Abundant is who I am. If you need finances, you know, all the things that God's promised is all wrapped up into your identity. And so I needed a restoration of my identity. That's what God did in me. He restored my identity. He restored who I was. So I went down front at church, the Bible says in James, to have the elders lay hands on you and pray. So we came into agreement on September 28th. I think it was 2010, because we were married in 2009. And on September 28th, I wrote it down in my Bible, I received my healing. And I knew that it was done. But you know what? I walked out of the church feeling the same exact way as when I walked in. Nothing happened on the outside, but... I knew that it was finished on September 28th. I knew that when I prayed, therefore when you pray, believe that you, you receive and it shall be done. All right, Lord, if that's what your word says, then I believe it. All right, it's done. I'm not gonna ask you again. It's like if, if my child asked for cake and I was like, okay, here's the cake and she stands there, but mom, can I have cake? Please, please God, can I have healing? Please God, can I be healed? Please Lord, if it be thy will, heal me. And God is up there like, guys, I already paid for the healing. Take it. Just go ahead. Just receive it. Just take it from my hand. And so, you know, like that little child, I just stood and I, I got so excited. And I knew it was done that day when we prayed. Two weeks later, Two weeks later, I was feeling awful. And I distinctly remember this day because I was in so much pain. But you know what? I took out my scriptures and, and I was not gonna ask God to heal me because that was already done. So I just thanked him for it. And I just kept thanking him for it. Jesus, thank you so much that on September 28th, I was healed. Thank you that you took my infirmities and you bore my sicknesses on the cross. Thank you with long life, you satisfy, and, satisfy me and show me your salvation. Thank you that above all things, you wish that I prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. The same power that brought you out of the grave is now quickening my mortal body. And I just command this mass in my stomach to go. I command it to go. I curse it at the roots and it has to wither and die. And I just spoke the same things I've been speaking all along. I went to bed that night and I slept like a baby. I don't know if that's actually, it should be like, I don't know. Babies don't sleep all night usually, so. <laughs> I don't know why, why do we have that? Why do we have that expression? All the moms say, sleep like a husband would be more like it, right? <laughs> no, this guy gets up with, this guy gets up with the babies, but. Um, so we went to sleep. I slept like a baby that night. Did not get up, did not wake up that night. And I, it was like, you know, one of those nights where you lay your head on the pillow and then it's like morning. And you're just, okay, so that's the way it was. I was out. Jason looks over at me because his alarm had gone off and he looks over at me and I think he kind of woke me up because he's like, Amy, Amy, look at your body. And he starts poking my abdomen because at that time, before I was healed, it was hard as a rock. I mean, I couldn't pull it in. You know how girls, how we like to try to pull in our stomachs for a picture or whatever. I couldn't do that. I mean, at all, none, nothing. And he starts poking at it, and my stomach is soft. And he's like, Amy, what happened to your body? Sit up. And so I sat up, and I felt like I had done like a workout, like an ab workout. And I was like, this is weird. And I looked down, and I didn't see anything. So I run to the mirror, and I looked in the mirror, and I saw a brand new body. I went and jumped on the scale because I had weighed myself the night before, and I was 13 pounds lighter. I measured my waist because I had actually just been fitted for a dress, nine inches gone from my waist overnight as I slept. I called my mom, I sent her, texted her a picture of what I looked like and she starts bawling. She gets in the car and drives straight to my house. She's like, we gotta tell the rest of the family. So we all get together, my brothers are sobbing, my sisters were crying and this, my dad just kind of looked at me because, you know, obviously I'm, I'm his little girl and he just like, this is the most amazing miracle I've ever seen. Probably because I'm his daughter. You know, and when you see your child receive something from God. And I got up in front of my church that weekend and everybody was sobbing. We had people healed like crazy in that service. Um, one of our staff members had had chronic asthma for um, 35 years. She was instantly healed, never had to take cortisol again in her life or the inhalers in her life. Um, we had a lady who was told, plan your funeral, you're dying. I have an autoimmune disorder. You're dying and withering away. She was instantly healed that day. Um, we had so many people healed in these services just simply by seeing me, what I had looked like before, and then I come walking in with this, with this brand new body. And I went back to my other doctor, the non-Christian doctor, and I, and I told her, you know, God healed me, and she, she looked me over, and she, just, she looks at me with just with this puzzled look, and she's like, well, whoever did this for you, did you a service? Did you a favor? See you later. <laughs> she just kind of walked out of the room. <laughs> and I went back to the Christian doctor and he, he took more pictures and I'll just, um, that's actually someone else. You can go back to the spine picture real quick. And um, you can see, again, there's curvature in my spine where there had not been curvature. Um, that mass was gone, and all of my organs were back in place. And so it, I never have had another infection. I've never been sick another day, never had any more pain. Yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 
God is so good. He's so awesome. And I still cry about this story. I, like, I, I try to share it. I've shared it so many times that I like literally hardly can get through it without crying because I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for what God did to me and for what he's done for you too. And I want you to know that no matter what you're facing, if it's, if it's sickness or if it's not sickness, if it's something else going on in your life, he is so loving toward you. His thoughts toward you are so good. And he just desperately desires for you to know, to know and understand his will. It hurts me when I hear people say, well, God's allowing this in my life, or God has even caused this pain in my life. And I, I get it. I understand because I went through nine years of questioning and I would try to be in faith and like believe God to be my healer. And then I would be over here, the other side of the fence being like, God, why is this happening to me? Why are you letting this happen? But what God had to show me was number one, this was not his will. Number two, that he already gave me the remedy. He already, he already came himself in the flesh to pay the price for my sin, for my sickness and disease, for my poverty, whether that's an impoverished state of living or an impoverished state of mind. God has already paid the price for all of that junk. That's what Jesus did. He sacrificed himself on the altar for all humanity so that we could walk free from all of the, the curse that came on the earth. And that includes sickness, pain, and disease. So I've never been sick another day from that illness. Um, that tumor, that growth was gone completely. I have three beautiful miracle babies that I may not have ever had, had I gone the medical route and had the surgeries and all of that. And I am so thankful today because I want to challenge you that God says you can not only walk free out of this place healed and whole in your body, but also in your soul realm. If your soul's sick today, he wants to be your healer there too. He wants to set you free from self-hatred, girls. And guys, deal with it too. It may manifest in a different way, but I feel like ladies, we struggle with, with self-rejection, feeling not like, like we're not good enough, we're not pretty enough. We struggle with those thoughts more. And God wants to heal you of that. You know, Bill Johnson says, you and I will always reflect the world that we are most aware of. God had to make me more aware of his kingdom than I was of this earth. He had to make me more aware of his healing power than I was of my pain and sickness. He had to make me more aware of who he was and who I was in Christ than who Satan was in this earth trying to come against me. And so I want to give you a couple quick, quick keys some quick answers to the question Jason posed. How did I receive that healing? Number one, just, just to recap, build your faith in God by invading your world with the word of God. Invade your world. Overpower all the other thoughts with the scriptures. Overpower it. You gotta get out the other messages and you've gotta speak the message of God's word. There's a difference between facts and truth. Some people ask me, well, is it wrong to acknowledge the fact that the doctors have said I have cancer? That's okay, that's a fact in the earth realm. It's okay to acknowledge a fact, but the truth comes from God's word. The truth shall make you free, the Bible says. So even though the fact said that Abraham could never have kids, the truth was that God said, I will make you a father of all nations. And so you can have a fact in your life. Maybe doctors have said, you know, this and that, and you can just thank them and say, doctor, I appreciate your opinion. I appreciate the medical field. I'm not coming against doctors because Satan would love it if there were no doctors or nurses to help anyone, you know? So I feel like they're hands and feet uh, doing what God wants done in people's lives. But 
whatever the prognosis they've given you, they're, ta- they're trained and taught to tell you the worst case scenario. You've got to counterbalance that with the truth from God's word. The truth says, by his stripes, I was healed. Not trying to get healed, I am healed because he already paid for it. So number one, build your faith by invading your world with the word of God. And that's what I did when I took that 30-day challenge. I just invaded my life with the word. Just constantly had healing teaching on 24-7. Healing scriptures written all over my walls at home. Healing, healing scriptures in my phone. And I'd pull out my iPhone to read those scriptures. So I invaded my world with those words um, from the word of God. Number two is ask God for a restoration of your identity. I had to be restored in who I was in Christ Jesus. That was my identity. Self-hatred and acceptance is issues will steal receiving anything from God. Unworthiness, shame, unforgiveness and bitterness, anger. All of those things will stop the ability for God's kingdom to flow into your life. It's like someone has cut the cord from the power source and you've got to plug back in. So you've got to get those things out and ask God to restore your identity, to ask God, what do you see when you look at me? instead of telling God what you see when you look at yourself. Because I had a horrible picture of who I was. And 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. The same image of what? God, his glory, We're being transformed from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So it's not something that you can do yourself. It's something that the Lord has to do. He has to restore your identity. Healed is who you are, like I said. Number three, receive emotional healing first. Third John 1, 2, I said, says that your soul needs to prosper. So you've got to receive emotional healing first. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit, and he will tell you, God, what's the condition of my heart? What's the condition of my soul realm right now? Maybe there's pride in my, in my will. My will is tugging with God's will. <laughs> I'm trying to take control of my life, and God is saying, your pride won't let you receive anything from me. Ooh, ouch. I couldn't be wrong before. If you, if you tried to correct me on something, I had to explain away why I made that decision or why I did that. I had to justify every action that I took because in my mindset, if I was wrong or if I made a mistake, then I was unlovable because I had this performance-based worth. If your worth is based on your performance, then we're all messed up. There's no hope for any of us because none of us are perfect and we all make mistakes, right? Our worth is not based on what we do. It's only by grace that we're saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, right? Um, number four, pray and thank God when you're convinced of his promises. So I know there's the gift of healing, and we were kind of talking about this earlier, and I've seen people healed. I've seen paralytics walk. I've seen things happen in people's lives with that dispensation of the gift of healing as the, as the Holy Spirit wills, and there's signs and wonders to point the unbeliever to God, and all of that is awesome. But healing is the children's bread, and so we can receive it any time, any place. We don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit to decide to dispense it upon us. He has already given it, and we can just receive it by faith. We don't have to wait on him. He's waiting on us. (laughs) He's waiting on us to just receive it, and so when you pray the prayer of faith, the Bible says, you'll, you'll see the mountains move, 
And I wasn't in that place of faith. So for nine years, I tried to pray to receive my healing and nothing happened. And I even had other people pray for me all the time and nothing happened. And I was like, what's going on? But I needed to get myself in this place of agreement with heaven. So my dad talks about this too. Like faith is total agreement with heaven, 100%. You're agreeing with God on something. He's not double-minded. He doesn't waver back and forth. And he also has no shadow of turning in him. He's not a respecter of persons. In other words, what he did for me, he'll do for you. So he can't come into agreement with us if we aren't in agreement with him. He can't put his power with unbelief. If he put, if he put his power on an unbelief, it would destroy us because it would empower that unbelief. So he has to only empower belief in his word. When we have that belief and that picture in our heart that matches heaven's picture for us, so God saw me as healed. When I could see myself as healed, that's when the healing happened. I had to match my picture of my life with God's picture of my life, and that's when it happened. So you've got to mirror what God says about you in your soul realm, in your belief system, and in your heart. And so when you do that, that's when you pray, and you thank God when you are convinced. You're convinced of his promises. How do we get convinced? We plant the word, we plant the word, we plant the word, we keep planting the word, water that seed. Water that seed, that tree is going to grow up. It's going to produce fruit. James 5.15 says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. It doesn't say maybe. It doesn't say it might. It said it will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. And if they've sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That's also that healing of the soul realm. When we confess our sins, it's good for the soul. When we confess to people we've hurt or maybe they've hurt us, it, there's a healing that happens in our soul realm as well. And so that's so important to confess our sins to each other and to God. And, and there's that healing that comes in our soul realm as well. Uh, Matthew 21, 21 says that Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. I didn't say that, Jesus said it. If you have faith, you will receive it. You can pray for anything. If you have faith, you will receive it. Come on, say, I will receive it. Let me ask you this. Did Jesus ever turn someone away when they came to him for healing and tell them, I'm sorry, but I'm allowing that in your life to teach you a lesson? No. Did Jesus ever turn someone away and say, I'm sorry, but I have brought this sickness upon you to teach you a lesson or to change something in your heart? No. The Bible does say that he will take what was meant for harm and he will turn it for good. So in my life, that good is when I can pray for other people and see them healed because it, it kicks the devil in the butt and gives him a black eye for what he tried to do for me. So God is taking what the enemy meant for harm and he's turning it for good in seeing you know, my children being raised up and, and seeing other people healed. So God didn't cause the illness, but he can bring good out of it. Absolutely he can, he can redeem anything. He can redeem anything. But I don't want you to think, I don't ever want you to question, well, maybe God did this. Faith, um, it's like believing is seeing. So you got to believe first, then you see. In our skeptical world, it's, I got to see to believe, right? But in faith, we, we believe to see. All right, so those are some, some of the keys. I can't get to all of them because I don't want to keep you all all night. And there's 
there's, this is a fast read, but there's a lot of just like nuggets in here and truth. Um, some other things that God showed me, but I, that I can't get to tonight, but I just dare you guys to get in God's word and to also, um, just, just look at what he said about you in his word. But I want to show you one more picture. It was the one that you put up earlier. Um, it's Ricky. She read my book. She had a tumor in her abdomen, actually her, ov- her ovaries. Um, she had baseball-sized, three baseball-sized ovarian cysts. The doctor said, these don't go away by themselves. It's impossible. We're going to have to do surgery. And she said, well, surgery might be okay for someone else, but it's not good for me. I don't want to do it that way. I want to receive healing like Amy did. So she got my book, <laughs> and she's like, God, you did it for her. You're going to do it for me, all right? So she took that 30-day challenge, and she started speaking these scriptures over her life. Um, Four days before she's supposed to have surgery, she wakes up one morning and she she was healed overnight as well. She was healed as she slept. She woke up that way. And she went back to her doctor. On, she went back to her doctor for the pre-op the day before, like the, the pre-operation. And she goes, I don't have to have surgery anymore. I'm healed, doctor. And he got so mad. He was like, these cannot go away by themselves. What happened here? Like as if she went to some other doctor or something? I don't know. And she's like, no, 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 Dr. Jesus already did surgery. We're good. We're good. <laughs> and, so, and so he was like, all right, I'll see you in six months. Make sure they're not coming back then. So we'll see you then. But it's so funny when people can't explain something in the natural, they freak out. But God, God wants to blow your mind. He wants to amaze and astound you because guess what? I love, I love this desire fulfilled as a tree of life. When the desires of your heart are fulfilled, not only can you eat from that tree, but so many others around you can see it and they can eat from that tree. And they can see the fruit, the tangible evidence. It's not like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, you're broke, you're sick, you're um, discouraged and depressed. Like, what's different about you? You're fearful, your marriage is falling apart. No, that's not the way God wants it to be. He wants it to be people in the world, look at this tree, this, this wonderful tree in your life. And, they, and he's like, you know, these people are like, your marriage isn't broken. You guys love each other. You get along. We've never had a fight. What is going on here? That's so weird. Um, you're not sick ever. Um, why aren't you afraid of all these bad things happening in the world right now? You're not discouraged or depressed. You're not on some antidepressant. What's going on? This beautiful tree of life, an oak tree of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. He wants to, he wants to crown you. He wants to dress you like a king and queen. He wants to make you so amazing for the world and give you the desires of your heart because they chase after that stuff. They're looking for all that stuff that we don't need to chase after because God just kind of is like, here, if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, all these things will be added to you. You don't have to chase after them. Thank you, Lord, right? And so you are that tree. But if you don't have fruit on your branches right now, if you're wondering, God, you know, why can't I receive this for myself? I want to challenge you. If I can have the keyboard, it's just come up. And we're just going to pray. I want to ask God to give you dreams and visions. I want to I ask God to, to speak to you, to show you what it is in your heart that may need to get changed or that he can just restore. And I want to ask God right now that he would invade your heart in such a way with his love if you've battled with self-hatred, 
I want to I want to ask God right now that there would be a change that there would be a change a CD's fine I don't care either way <laughs> if you want to receive that's totally fine too um, but let's just if you would just stand up to your feet And I just want, I want us to close our eyes and I just want to speak this. This is a confession from the back of my book that I spoke over myself. And I just, just repeat after me for a second. Just say, Father, thank you that you love me and you call me precious. I submit myself to you right now. You're my king and my sovereign. I ask you to clean my heart of any sin. I forgive and release anyone who has harmed me. I forgive myself. I bind condemnation. Jesus, I belong to you. And I declare tonight that my best days are ahead of me. I praise you for your promises. You said the same resurrection power that brought Jesus out of the grave is now restoring and quickening my body. I receive that now. I believe you sent Jesus to pay the price for my healing. You said that by his wounds I'm healed. I believe your word is true for me right now. Spirit of infirmity, I command you to leave. I command you never to return. You evil spirit of sickness, I belong to God most high. According to the blood Jesus shed on the cross, I have authority over you. I bind you and command you to go. Every symptom must leave now. Pain be gone in Jesus' name. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Greater is he that is in me than anything in this world. I've been given power to trample on the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm me. Now body, I call forth the anointing that's on the inside of me to flood you with life. Body, I command you to line up with God's truth. You are healed. God said it and I believe it. It is finished. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, your power is available to us, God. Right now, Lord, I just ask you to set the captives free from the bondage of self-hatred, rejection, unworthiness. Right now, God, I thank you that that spirit, that evil spirit that tries to attack our identity, we command it to go now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. We rise up in our identity as children of God. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray for anyone who's been abused sexually, physically, emotionally, right Right now, God, I ask you to rip off that label of abuse off of their, their life. Take it off, Jesus. Take it off of their life right now in Jesus' name. God, that that's not who they are. That is not who they are, God. That is not who they are. They're not worthy to be abused. 
They don't deserve that abuse. God, I thank you right now. You take that away. The pain of it is gone in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name that's above every name. God, we thank you, Lord, that your same power that's available to us is now resurrecting broken marriages, God. Broken relationships are being healed in Jesus' name. God, I thank you right now. There's a pancreatic issue. God, that you are healing that area right now. Um, if I call someone something out and that's you, just lay it, lay your hand on that area and just receive healing. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Pancreas, we just command you to be healed right now. In Jesus' name, we bind insulin resistance. We bind diabetes. We command that in Jesus' name to function properly the way you created it to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. You're just resurrecting that pancreas in Jesus' name. Lord, I come against migraine headaches. Lord, I just thank you right now that by your stripes, we were set free from any headaches, any pain in our heads, Lord. Any stress right now, God, that's causing headaches or confusion that's causing headaches, we just command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Someone right now is receiving healing in their back and their spine. You healed my back, God. I'm so thankful. And right now, I just thank you. That same power is available in this place, Lord. Backs are being healed. Come in place. Come into alignment in Jesus' name. Get back where you're supposed to go. Next, be healed and well in the name of Jesus. Any severed nerves, come together and be fused in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you that necks are free to move. There's no pain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The lymphatic system is able to drain properly. God, I thank you that our bodies are free of toxins. In Jesus' name, Lord, there's no inflammation. No inflammation, God, in our bodies. In Jesus' name, inflammation, we command you to go now. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Lord God. Lord, I just thank you. Any tiredness is gone. Right now, I just feel like someone has been so extremely tired all the time, and you're not sure even why. But right now, I thank you, Lord, that, that you said we could rise up with wings and as eagles. We could run and not grow weary. We could walk and not faint. In Jesus' name, Lord, we command that tiredness to go. We command strength to come right now. Strength to be. Strength to be. Lord, right now, I speak clearly clarity over thoughts. There's confusion that's been just kind of swirling like a black cloud over someone's mind. Right now I speak clarity of thought in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Clarity of thought in Jesus' mighty name right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're, you're doing a work, God. You're doing a work right now, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. We just worship you. Thank you for your presence, God. You're so wonderful. You're so worthy. You're so holy. You're so wonderful, God. Oh, we just love you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Right now, God, I just thank you that um, reproductive organs are being healed and whole. I just thank you, Lord. There is no one who is barren among us. In Jesus' name, if there's a desire for a child in this house, God, a, a couple that needs a child, that wants a child, Lord, I just thank you that you give that promised child to them. Lord, they receive that child in Jesus' name and they receive healing over their body right now, God, that nothing is impossible for you. Lord Jesus, you did it for me and you've given me three beautiful children 
And God, I just pray right now, if someone desires that child, they receive that child, God. Hallelujah. And there's no stress. There's no worry over it, Father God. I just thank you that they receive that beautiful, precious baby in Jesus' name. God, I thank you right now. I thank you right now that cancer is a name that has been broken. The name of cancer has no power over us. I thank you, God, that cancer has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus that gives us a different diagnosis. Lord, I thank you right now that all cancer has to die and wither and be cut off from our bodies right now in Jesus' name. We just thank you and give you praise for that, God. Thank you, Lord God. You are the God that healeth us. Hallelujah. We just worship and praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you praise, God. You're so worthy. You're so good. You're so holy, Father God. Thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. 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 There's, there's worry over uh, one of your children. There's worry over one of your children. Right now, just give that child to the Lord. Give that child to the Lord. He, he, he loves that child even more than you do. Just release that care, release that worry and concern, whether it's over a child's health or over their, um, over, over their destiny or future or what they can do and can't do. God, I just thank you right now that you just bind up the brokenhearted and you set the captives free. This mother or father that's concerned over their child, Lord Jesus, you see this and you know, you know and you love God. You love this child. I just pray that this child would receive all that you have for their life, God, and that you would just help no worry or stress to be on uh, this family in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord God. Lord, I just ask for a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost so that we can go out and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lord, I thank you that this place is a storehouse of healing. Thank you, Father God, that over this church there is, there is just a storehouse of body parts that are, that are brand new, brand new hearts, lungs, organs, everything. God, I just see that in the spirit. And God, I thank you over this church when people walk through these doors, they easily and quickly receive brand new parts of their body that need restored. I just thank you, God, that you have storehouses in heaven of brand new eyes and ears and mouths and lungs and hearts and kidneys, God, everything that we need. And I just thank you for it right now, God, that people in this congregation would just proclaim your works and they would lay hands on the sick and they will recover in Jesus' name. And in this house, there is healing. Hallelujah. In this house, there is healing. Praise you, God. There is healing in this house, God. Thank you for it, Lord. Yes. If you've been inspired by this message, we invite you to partner with us by visiting storehousedallas.com forward slash give.